This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome indeed to WABC Talk Radio 77. It is our Tuesday edition of Rush Hour. Lots of news, of course, to discuss. Lots of fun things. Jenna's in the studio. I'm telling you, Jenna's, Jenna's got it going. Folks, there must be like some mystery man in her life because she has got it going on. You got to dress nice for yourself, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. As she blushes. Mm-hmm. Welcome, indeed. Uh, you know what? Let's start because there's so much good news. Chip Roy is going to join us today, and I cannot wait because Chip Roy is, of course, one of the leaders of the group of Republicans that brought us into a new, what might be a new era of leadership in the House. The concessions that he demanded and got from Kevin McCarthy to for Kevin McCarthy to ascend to the speakership might be already paying off. And we shall see. There is a worry and concern on the left over the debt ceiling. That fight is coming up sooner than expected. It's coming up now, and they are panicked that the Republicans may actually demand some spending cuts. There are, let me just go through a few of the headlines, and then we can try to get to some of the stories. Okay, Crazy Train, MTA, L-I-R-R, let $385 million fly off the rail. Now they're begging Kathy Hochul for a bailout. Then there's this. This one is all over the place. The Democrats' flagrantly unconstitutional anti-white supremacy bill would gut the First Amendment that is what Jonathan Turley, constitutional lawyer, says. They want to sh- go after people they say are white supremacists. What if diversity t- trainings are doing more harm than good? That's a guest essay today in the New York Times. There's a story from BizPack Review today. The judge delivers, a judge delivers Elon Musk a big win over disgruntled former Twitter employees. They can't, the, the gist of that one, is that they can't do a class action suit because they got fired. They'd have to sue on their individual merit. Here's a laughable story I do want to get to. New York Democrats ask Republican leaders to quote-unquote forthrightly cooperate with investigations over George Santos. Really? Now here's a beer. I saw the story, the original story on this one in the Hill today, and to me it smells like a rat. 150 GOP mega donors supporters reportedly are endorsing Rona McDaniel for another term as RNC chair. 
Of course, we endorse Harmeet. We want Harmeet. We want Harmeet Dillon, who has promised an upside-down change in the way things are going over there, including audits, including capping the amount of donor money that gets wasted and put into people's pockets. We want Harmeet. Here's another one. This one from Fox. Ex-Intel official who signed Hunter Biden's laptop letter admits significant portions of the emails had to be real. Well, now you tell us. We already know that. Now, I've got some stories for Chip Roy. Chip Roy, again, is expected to give us a call within the next half hour. We want to talk a lot with Chip. But Scott found something today, and he played it for me before the show, and Jen got it for us. This is, Scott, you said this goes back to 1980? 1980. This is from 1980, folks. You have to listen carefully because it's lifted from a TV show. Many of you that used to stay up, as I did, all night so that we could watch Johnny Carson might remember that Johnny Carson, well, Johnny Carson had everybody on. Everybody that was anybody came on The Tonight Show. But he had Mr. Rogers on. This little snippet of a conversation comes from 1980. Mr. Rogers is the guest of Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. Boys are boys from the beginning. Girls are girls. What's the second verse? Boys are boys from the beginning. Girls are girls right from the start. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy and so is mine. Because sometimes children think that they might change. They might have to change after a while. And, you know, we laugh about that now. But it's because we had that concern when we were little. Yeah, because you're really not sure. You thought maybe you'd become a girl or a girl would become a boy, right? Exactly. (laughs) Happens frequently out here. (laughs) Sometimes. From 1980. From 1980. Now, he also did a song, which, in all fair, we have to tell you where it aired. Scott heard it on um, a fellow radio broadcaster who I I happen to admire very much, Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck played the song, so I want to see if we can get a hold of Glenn. Tell him we don't want to, you know, take any of his bits, but ask Glenn if he would mind if we play it, too. Because the song on this is chilling and stunning. But it's, um, it's there nonetheless. There are some other things that we want to get to as well. I mentioned all those headlines, but I want to start off the in-depth analysis part of the show with this story. Newly elected... This is You can find the story in BizPack Review today. You can find the story... On the Daily BS, my website for news, which we are is in pre-launch phase, but we're already building it up. Arizona's governor's plans to undo the nation's largest school choice program will harm students, advocates say. Newly elected Democrat Arizona Katie Hobbs plan to undo the nation's most expensive School choice program could affect thousands of students and families who are already utilizing the state's voucher program. That's what school choice advocates are telling the Daily Caller News Foundation. 
Her executive budget, released on the 13th of January, asked state legislators to reverse the state's expansion of its school choice program, which currently allows all Arizona students, K-12, through to receive taxpayer-funded vouchers if they choose to leave or already out of the public education system. And, of course, those people who support it say this will be terrible. Let me be really clear. This is one of the things. Elections or selections have very dangerous consequences. Okay? There's, by the way, a story and the Daily Signal today. That's the Heritage. Heritage actually blasts that out. The Heritage Foundation about their ele- from their election integrity unit. I'll try to have that story for you either later today or tomorrow. We're not going to have a lot of time today. And that story deserves a lot of time. But this is, this is, folks, this is Democrat politics at its worst. This is what Democrats do typically. I will never forget this. One of the first things after Barack Obama, right? This was, remember hope and change, all that, si su puede, si su puede, hope and change, hope and change. After Obama was elected, one of the first things we learned was that his daughters were going to that very trendy school, Sidwell Friends, in Washington, D.C. Now, this is a very expensive private school that most of you that have school-aged children would never be able to afford to send your children to. This is an upper crust for the rich only, if you can afford it, except there were, I think, one or two little vouchers that they gave so that they could add a poor person or two and let them come in so that they could say, see, we have a poor token. Kind of like token on South Park. But one of the first things that Obama did when he took office was something that Katie Hobbs is now doing, attack school choice. And they do that at the behest of the Democrat unions who hate parents having a choice to send their children to any other school but government schools. Now, what do we know about government schools? We know that the failure rate is high. There are right now over 240-some-odd failing schools in New York City alone. Who goes to these schools? Well, mostly black and Hispanic kids. That's the way it goes. Okay? And so who ends up going through these horrible failing schools, coming out unprepared to take their place in an American society that's prosperous, to have a prosperous life, to take care of themselves and their family? Who comes out poorly educated? A lot of minority students. It is a modern form of slavery. That's what it is. It is a modern form of here's your life on the plantation. The only thing that you will be good for is a menial job, if that. We would prefer it if you turn to a life of crime, sell some drugs or whatever. But whatever it is, just get out of our faces. We don't want your kids to succeed. We want your kids to fail. You explain it to me otherwise. That is my conclusion. And if you think I'm being harsh, then you please explain it to me and help me understand how you can have failing schools for generation after generation, knowing that these kids that go to these schools are going to come out uneducated and unprepared to become great citizens of this country and to live life to their fullest potential. So what does the Democrat do? 
this Katie Hobbs. The first thing she does is deny parents the right to send their kids to schools of their choice. Instead, send your kids back to these little horrid government institutions that we have that are manned by Democrat union workers who don't really give a damn whether your kids succeed or not. And I'm not saying that about all teachers. I happen to think teachers deserve so much more than they get in this country. But this is what Democrats do. This is, they might as well to me just put on a sign, we hate black children and we want them to fail. We hate Hispanic children and we want them to fail. We hate poor children and we want them to fail. Why else would you demand that they go to these schools that do them no good at all? When their parents should have a choice to send them to the school of their choice. And this is what's happening in Arizona now. This is what Obama did. One of the first things he did was to deny vouchers for the kids in Washington, including those who went to the same school as his upper crust daughters. This is hypocrisy at its worst, and it hurts American children. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. We are coming back. We will take your calls. We're expecting Chip Roy. Busy show. Stay here with us. Glad you're here. Back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC. Into the headlines, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, says that he will seat George Santos on committees in the House, despite, of course, this conflict that's going on about Santos, how shall we say, his multiple fabrications over the years. He'll get seated on some committees, and what McCarthy said is he tries to stick by the Constitution. Voters elected him to serve. If there's a concern, he has to go through the ethics committee. Let him move through that. He'll continue to serve while he's going through that. But he will be seated on several committees. Now, New York Democrats have asked. They're asking Republican leaders to help them investigate, to forthrightly cooperate 
with their Democrat investigations of George Santos. And after all, why shouldn't they? They don't like George Santos. No one likes Santos, right? Okay, when is the last time that Democrats cooperated with an investigation that was politically aimed at them? Did Democrats say we have to get to the bottom of the Benghazi scandal? No. Did Democrats say we have to get to the bottom of this phony coup against Donald Trump? No. In fact, they promoted the idea that there was Russian collusion going on. Did Democrats say we have to get to the bottom of why FBI and why the Justice Department seems to be running a weaponized investigation on Trump? No. Did they say we have to get to the bottom of why people can lie to the FISA court with false warrants? No, they supported this stuff all the way. They stood by it, and so did their allies in the mainstream press. Go back to the Obama years. Did they say we need to get to the bottom of this gun-running scandal, this fast and furious thing? No. When have Democrats ever cooperated forthrightly with Republicans to get to the bottom of anything, anything in history. Well, meanwhile, Republicans do bend over and grab the ankles for Democrats. All you got to do with that is go to the big one, the white, the, the Watergate investigation. Everybody hated Nixon. Let's go after Nixon. If I were Republicans being asked by Democrats to help get rid of another Republican, I would tell them where they could stick this investigation of George Santos. And besides, who has lied more, George Santos or Joe Biden? Joe Biden, just the other day, you heard that he was he was down at the Ebenezer Baptist Church And he declares that while he was a devout Catholic and went to mass, he also went to black churches. Yeah, this is the same guy that said, well, I grew up with the Puerto Ricans. I mean, he will say anything to anybody. He has spent his entire career telling one spin falsehood after the other one. That's right. Rhonda just texted me. She would appreciate some forthright cooperation on Hillary's emails. We all would. Where's that? And a laundry list of other things that, we, that, that Democrats could have cooperated on. But no, they want us to cooperate and help get rid of Santos for them. No, thank you. No, thank you, Democrats. Do one of your shake and bake routines, one of your kangaroo court investigations like you did with January 6th. They wouldn't even let Republicans participate on their J6 committee, except the two that were with Trump haters, Kinziger and Liz Cheney. And now they ask us to cooperate with them to help them get rid of Santos. No, thanks. In New York, New York Post says they've been taking New York commuters for a ride. $400 million annually, the MTA waste in mismanagement and wasteful labor deals. $400 million annually. And you want to know why it costs so much to ride the trains? And they're begging now. 
they're broke as usual, and the MTA is now begging Hoko for a bailout. James Golden, 848-WABC, 1-800-848-WABC's number to call, 800-848-9222. We're expecting Chip Roy when we get back. Don't go away. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Line the Family Stone. Bring us back on WABC. Thank you for letting me be myself. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so pleased to have with us Representative Chip Roy. Chip, congratulations. You did a masterful job in this process of helping America elect its next, well, helping Congress elect its its next Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. The things that you held out for, and gosh, you guys took a lot of heat from people who were either unaware of how this process works or who were just being mean-spirited. I mean, names like the Taliban 20 and all this business, but you held out and you got a House of Representatives that is truly more open. And I would think that members of both parties should be happy with what you were able to accomplish. Well, well Bo, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I. Uh, it's not about me. It's about the the entirety of the 20 and not just the 20 but every single american who for decades now have been trying to fight to figure out how to change the swamp and that's what this is about and you know frankly a lot of our friends get sort of sucked into the swamp but you know like i grew up um you know a, a child of listening to rush you know when i was in college 1990 to 1994 those were sort of the early heydays. And, like, you know, that was heading up to the contract with America. You know, Newt and I kind of got into it a little bit a couple of weeks ago. And, and we've kind of come full circle about the point here was to try to change this town. And um, that's our job. It's to change the town and fight a fight for the American people who sent us there to fight to change it. And I think we did some of that successfully. We've got a lot more work to do. It's now more open, more ability for members to be able to go in and fight to reduce spending and offer amendments and see bills and read bills and keep the bills to be single subject. But really importantly, to actually say we're going to try to limit spending, which was glaringly missing from the commitment to America, our need to come together and limit our insatiable, uncontrollable uh, penchant for spending money we don't have to fund the very bureaucrats we complain about. So I think we, we moved the ball down the field, but look, we're only a few yards down the field in positive direction and we got to get to the end zone. Well, those few yards are important yards, uh, Representative Roy, because I don't believe most Americans even know or knew until they witnessed this, those that watch, 
that House members like yourself couldn't even vote on amendments. You couldn't even offer up amendments under the way the House was run before. In other words, the power of the House of Representatives, which is supposed to be the people's body, it was, and you did some great speech making to bring that point home. But they didn't even know that their own representatives who they send to Congress were basically powerless. They couldn't vote on things. They couldn't represent the people that sent them there. And to me, this is a big deal. Now, have you have you also heard from Democrats that actually say this is the right thing? Or are they just is it just such a partisan, uh, a toxic environment there that they won't even say, yeah, this benefited everybody? Now, a little of both. I mean, look, obviously we have very partisan divides. I mean, you, you can offer amendments all day long, and at the end of the day, you believe, the, you know, you need to advance climate change, wokeism, massive spending, bureaucrat. You know, we're, gonna, we're not going to agree on that. But there was agreement, both verbally, publicly, as well as very much privately, from my some of my Democrat colleagues to say, yeah, we, we do need to open this up a little bit. And, and look, there's no panacea here. There's no absolute, like it's a majoritarian body. The fact is we have a, a majority, a thin majority, and Republicans have got to recognize that we're in a more coalition style government. We got to figure out how we're going to congeal around a handful of very core messages that we can all agree to and then get busy fighting for those. But if you don't for the house and be able to read bills, slow down, exercise your prerogatives, then you're never going to be able to check what happened. For example, in December, when $1.7 trillion got spent in 4,100 pages, including, you know, some 7,500 earmarks totaling six, $16 billion with a massive amount of spending for Ukraine, with spending for uh, DHS that restricted the ability to secure the border, and so forth. There are, there are consequences to a broken system. And with all due respect to some of the you know, old guard, the Bush guard, the, the old sort of you know, house guard that gave us this mess, Many of them are the, the are the ones complaining, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, Carl Rove, who I consider a friend and he lives you know, down the road here in Texas, was complaining in the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal today. Oh, these guys, you know, this was not a democratic process. They held it hostage. And Carl, we have the rights as individual members of the House to vote for whomever we want to for speaker. You want to come debate me anywhere you want, Carl, I'll debate you. But I'm not going to go back down the road of what we did from 2000 to 2008, with all due respect, spending a whole lot of money, taking a balanced budget, blowing the lid off of it, and hiding by def- behind defense to do it. We're going to try to get things done the right way, and that's what we're going to do now. There is panic in the establishment mouth organs of the Democrat Party and of the establishment rhino uh, coalitions around the debt ceiling. And what they're saying, number one, they're saying, they, and if you read the articles, they believe that the American public is stupid. The issue was poorly understood by the public and is often falsely portrayed as the vote to spend more money when it's simply about paying the bills that the U.S. has already imposed. Well, it, this article goes on, and, it's, and they have been warning about this ever since you guys took to the floor to say, stop this nonsense. The Republicans, they say, are on a collision course with the White House over the debt ceiling. The White House wants the ability to just pay the bills, no conditions. And what do you want? What is it that the Republicans, especially members of the Freedom Caucus like yourself, what are you looking for? So to be very clear, 
in my view, when you have a debate about raising the debt ceiling, it ought to be one very simple question. Do you, the listener to this program, sitting at your car, driving home from work, or you're sitting in your office, or you're sitting at home, do you get to write endless checks to fund whatever you want in your life? The answer to that question is no. No. The question here is, right, and the question here is, do we raise the debt ceiling indefinitely without using that moment to say, wait, we should actually put in restrictions on how we're spending money, limit our endless uh, you know, funding of, of bureaucracy, and actually hold the line to try to set us on a path to balance and responsibility for the good of our kids, grandkids, and our overall economic health and well-being, and to stop funding the bureaucratic state of woke, weaponized government. Do you, you know, I think that's what we ought to do. So if you ask me what my ask is, Congressman Chiproy, one 435th of one half of one third of the government, my ask is that we should cap spending at a reasonable level. I think it's 2022 levels. I think we should fund defense appropriately. I think we should limit non-defense spending down to 2019 pre-pandemic explosion levels. I think we ought to start there and then have a serious conversation about how we balance the budget over 10 years, adopt those kind of, uh, you know, policy, uh, uh, you know, restrictions, and then attach that to the conversation about raising the debt ceiling. That's not crazy. That's not playing Russian roulette with debt. You know what playing Russian roulette with our debt is? Continuing to borrow money without a plan to stop borrowing money. And so we're not going to just go say, oh, sure, because you guys are going to go around screaming default, that we're not going to say, wait, we've got a job to do. And before we raise the debt ceiling, we ought to actually change the way we're doing things. By the way, we're not going to default. That's all a bunch of uh, fear mongering and fear tactics. We're going to figure out a way to do this. We can pass a bill to prioritize debt. That was a part of our agreement as well. We're, we're four or five months out. Let's just go do our job. Stop fear mongering and do our job. That's what we're saying. As for fear mongering, the president of these United States of America used his speech at the National Action Network. That would be Al Sharpton's group on Martin Luther King Day, to say that Republicans, and he's speaking of people like you, I have no doubt, Representative Roy, he said Republicans are fiscally demented. You talk of, you're going to talk about big spending Democrats again. Bob, guess what? I reduced the deficit last year, $350 million. These guys, they're fiscally demented. They don't quite get it. And the crowd laughs. Would you care to address from the, I guess, the seat of being demented, according to the president, what what it is that you want here in terms of fiscally to happen with the United States? Yeah, I mean, look, this is not, in my opinion, complicated. Um, and, and a side note, I went to the floor of the House last week before we left town, and I gave a floor speech in which I challenged or asked or, you know, begged, frankly, any of my Democratic colleagues to come down to the floor of the House and engage with me on what they would choose to do to reduce our deficit spending and stop our complete bleeding and racking up of debt. Now, no doubt they would come down and say, you got to raise taxes. Okay, come on down and talk about raising taxes. I'll listen to you. And I'll walk you through how that'll harm economic growth and how no matter how many you tax, you're not going to be able to tax enough to offset our current deficit spending. But fine, let's come talk about it. But are you going to talk at all 
about what we need to do to deal with the almost, I don't know, two-thirds or something of our overall spending that is now mandatory spending Are, and how we're going to handle that? Are you going to come talk about the fact that interest rates now as they go up, that now interest is going to be spending more than we're spending on our national defense? That for every half a percentage point of increased interest expense or interest rates, you end up with another $100 billion a year in interest expense? Like, like that's what we're dealing with. This is cataclysmic. You cannot attack the the uh, the, the challenge we're going to have from China, the national security threat that is China. If you're not dealing at the same time with the twin threat of deficit spending that results in thirty two trillion dollars of debt and climbing, because at the end of the day, we cannot stop the bureaucratic state from infringing on our freedoms and be able to create economic wealth through prosperity and through the capitalistic engine in our society. If we don't stop writing blank checks to the bureaucrats who are undermining us, we're going to be in a death spiral. So we save our country by getting government out of the way, by stopping spending money we don't have, by getting serious about reforming what we need to do for our long-term health. And that's what we're asking for. And the president refuses to have the conversation. And frankly, there's a decent number of Republicans in the swamp who don't want to have that conversation either because it's hard. Got it. Well, that's the time that we have Representative Chip Roy. I would love to, and I'm, I'm going to ask you about this. I want to spend about an hour with you. One, I know you're so busy. I want to do a podcast with you where we can explain this stuff in depth. I want to hear the Newt Gingrich story because I was furious at Newt Gingrich for his Gingrich for his attacks on these 20. I mean, he would have been one of the ones back in the day that was leading the charge. I was furious listening to Carl Wolf, who I consider a friend, talk about this. I was furious listening to the way you guys were being attacked but thank goodness you prevailed and to me chip roy i know for me who comes out the real leader of the republican party in the house right now and my friend in my book the leader is you and i appreciate everything you guys like andy biggs i appreciate the things that all of you did and the heat that you took to get us this far well, you're too kind. I'll happy to do a podcast with you. I'll make sure my team knows. Let's lock that down and do it. Happy to do it. Look, Newt's a friend. Carl's a friend. Uh, look, politics is rough and tumble. We go through it, and then you come out, and then you start fighting again. But if anybody wants to relitigate this, I'll happy to debate him anywhere. I'll debate Carl. I'll debate Newt. I'll debate anybody anywhere about what we did to try to fight to save this country. Now we're going to move forward. Everybody else can be looking backward. We're going to go forward and figure out what we need to do to limit spending, free up American people from the bureaucrats that are undermining us, end wokenized, wasteful government, and let's actually go get this country moving forward. We can do it. The people want it. They're begging for it. And that's what we're going to do. Thank you, Representative Chip Roy. We appreciate you. God bless. WABC Talk Radio 77, Snurly with you here. We are coming back. Your calls when we get back. Don't go away. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Rufus featuring Chaka Khan versus this back sweet thing. There's a Canadian woman blew up a house, not only her house, a bunch of houses. She got drunk, ran her car into the house, gas main, 10 million, it's estimated between 10 and $15 million worth of damages total, right? She got convicted, got a jail sentence three years. Guess what? She's suing the people that distributed the booze. She's, this is a Canuck story, so I'm going to hold that till tomorrow because I want to get to the details of this. Don Trump Jr., Donald Jr., is opening, is promoting the creation of a parallel economy for conservative companies. That's something we'll touch on later in the week as well. Let's head to the telephones, Connecticut. Abby, you're up first today on WABC. James Golden, Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? Hey, Hi. Yes, Abby. Welcome. How are you? Hey, it's Kathy, but that's okay. How are oh, you? Kathy, we love you sh- I love your show. Thank you. Just wondering, I haven't heard you mention Princess Di, Diana Me, in at least two weeks. What's going on? I will let Diana explain what's going on when she gets back. I will just say this. Diana Me is a very committed, God-fearing family woman, and there was a health crisis. Okay. In her family, in her Good. family, but she will be back. I'll let her, she'll be back soon. And thank right. goodness everything is working out well. So she'll be joining us soon. And as, um, and thank you for asking. And also, eventually, we hope to have Mark Stein back with us too. Mark Stein suffered two heart attacks while he was over in Europe. I don't know whether you know that or not. So our prayers have been up. And hopefully, Mark is recovering nicely. The cruise that uh, he's planning in July that I'm going to be on. The cruise is still underway. So we're praying for Mark, too, as we go along. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bo. Have a good night. You too. Appreciate everything. Thank you. Alex in California, welcome. Quickly to your point, please, Alex. Uh, Yes, I wanted to comment on your comment about uh, school choice. Because the United States is a multicultural, multi-ethnic society. Each demographic group has its own concept of what education is. So the necessary and sufficient condition for supporting school choice to convince everyone to support it is that school choice allows each demographic group to put their kid in a type of school that that group wants. And I love that. You you got right to it. That's a great point that you made. And this is one of the reasons. Look, Democrats say that they are so pro-choice, pro-choice. Yeah, they're so pro-choice except when it gives you, the parents, freedom. They insist that you send your kids to schools. Those schools can have drag performers coming in. They can do everything they can to groom the kids. But no, you're not supposed to have a voice in that. Right now, we need school choice more than ever. Let us go to Huntington, New York, and Angela. Welcome. How are you? Very good. Thank you. I want to thank you for uh, what you talked about with Santos. I feel exactly what you said that so many of them are total liars. I don't want to mention the name, but you could figure that one out for yourself. And I'd say give him a chance and see what happens. There's been other uh, senators and representatives that were on ethics committees, and they just got a slap on the hand. And the other thing I wanted to mention about the MTA, I was involved in something uh, where we were going against them years ago, and apparently they own a lot of assets and land, and they spend a lot of money in um, Las Vegas, 
Uh, oh. I don't have the paper in front of me. Well, let me tell you something. But, this L.A., this, this what's going on with the MTA needs to be talked about thoroughly. $400 million a year wasted, and yet they're coming to the government for more money. Time to clean up their house. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't get through, we have so many calls we couldn't get to, but I appreciate your patience. And we will be here rest of the week and on Saturday for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. So join us during the week. And tomorrow we'll take more calls and we'll have more to do, more news, and we can get to some of these stories that we just couldn't get to today. Cats at Night, up next. Make sure you keep it here on WABC. Get the WABC app. Also, check out The Daily BS. TheDailyBS.com. You can sign up for our twice-a-day news blast. We give you great stories there, too. The Daily BS. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow here on WABC for Boston Emily's Rush Hour. Have a great afternoon and evening. Be safe out there on the roads. Jen, have a good time at whatever date this is you are going on. (laughs) You are are so fine, girl. You must be going out. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Bye. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.